Thank you again. Yeah, y'all have a seat uh, as our worship team steps down, uh, as some of our, uh, our children exit. Uh, let me say uh, thankful again. Well, first off, if you have your Bibles, turn to Titus, Titus chapter 2. It's towards the back. Titus is right before Philemon, right after Timothy. So towards the back of your Bible, if you don't have a Bible, there's always one in the back. You're welcome to get up and grab one. Uh, Titus 2, uh, last week we actually did Titus 3. Uh, we're not working backwards. Uh, we're actually just uh, selecting some texts about what we're talking about over the next couple weeks. Uh, church people, uh, as in like people in the church, in this body, uh, in this community. The diversity of people. Uh, that uh, this is really a good time to see and emphasize uh, this time of year. Today, we are recognizing graduates and very thankful for them. And Hunter and Kaylee, very thankful again for y'all's ministry uh, to them. So I hope you congratulate them or take some time and, and maybe more importantly, uh, take some time to hug their mom or dad, you know, because uh, uh, they, uh, they are very excited, but it's, uh, it's a significant shift in their life uh, as well. And then next week being Mother's Day, uh, that's, a, that's a type of people in the church, both physical mothers and also spiritual mothers. Uh, and then coming up on Memorial Day, veterans, what would the Bible say about that? So a, a diversity of a type of people, but, you know, key in that phrase, church people, is the word people. Uh, because the church is not made up of just a lot of individuals, okay, it's, it's a gathering, a people, a body, together. And so I want to be emphasizing that over and over again. Today with, uh, with the graduation, you know, my hope is, uh, is to say a word for you graduates and to say a word for us as the church. Uh, and I believe this chapter in Titus 2 uh, points us to that. Titus, give you a little context, was a pastor he was pastor of a church uh, in Crete, which is an island in the Mediterranean. Uh, Paul had started this church, so Titus was kind of a son of his in the Lord. So Paul was like a spiritual father, a mentor. And this is, uh, and I love these, uh, these little short letters that he writes, that Paul writes to pastors. I just think there's a lot, a ton of, of practical application for church people like us, about how to live together. Uh, and sometimes that can be challenging, uh, quite frankly. I mean, where two or more are gathered, the Lord is definitely there. Uh, where two or more are gathered, there's definitely a difference of opinion. You know, amen? Mm-hmm. So how do we function? How do we flourish as church people? I believe Paul was writing to a pastor then, but he was writing to church people today. So Titus chapter 2. He says, but you are to proclaim things consistent with sound teaching. Older men are to be self-controlled, worthy of respect, sensible, and sound in faith, love, and endurance. In the same way, older women are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not slaves to excessive drinking. They are to teach what is good so that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands and to love their children, to be self-controlled, pure, workers at home, 
kind and in submission to their husbands, so that God's word will not be slandered. In the same way, encourage the young men to be self-controlled in everything. Make yourself an example of good works with integrity and dignity in your teaching. Your message is to be sound beyond reproach so that any opponent will be ashamed because he doesn't have anything bad to say about us. Slaves are to submit to their masters in everything and to be well-pleasing, not talking back or stealing, but demonstrating utter faithfulness so that they may adorn the teaching of God our Savior in everything. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, instructing us to deny godlessness and worldly lusts, and to live in a sensible, righteous, and godly way in the present age, while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. He gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to cleanse for himself a people for his own possession, eager to do good works. Proclaim these things, encourage and rebuke with all authority. Let no one disregard you. Stop there, that's uh, the entire chapter, chapter two. It's short, Uh, these are short chapters. Uh, Two things that I'd just like to highlight real quick. First off, I love, and I'm gonna come back to this, but in verse 14, it says, Jesus gave himself for us to redeem us, to cleanse for himself a people. Again, there's that word people, a people, a body, a group, a community, a family. Uh, it doesn't say to, re- to cleanse for himself a lot of individuals for his own possession. He says people. This was always God's plan, being together as, as a people, as a body. And then I like how he says in verse 1 and then in verse 15, proclaim these things consistent with sound teaching. Proclaim, like a, a proclamation. Uh, as graduates, those of you who are graduating, you're going to have uh, several graduation, I guess, ceremonies coming up, and, and hopefully there'll be some, some people who share, and, and they will proclaim these things. You know, at church, we make proclamations too that, that are to be and really should be uh, different uh, from the world. So, you know, today will be a uh, more or less like a graduation proclamation, uh, but for all of us. And like I said, I want to I try to give a word for you graduates and a word for us as the church. And if you just read this passage, uh, I would say one of the things is really simple. A word for you graduates out there is that we, as church people, need to be there for you. Simple. A word for us as church people is that we, as church people, need to be there for them. Okay? Now, it's very simple, and you can say, yeah, that's, uh, maybe, maybe that is good enough for you. And like, hey, you know, I got a graduation lunch to go to and everything, but just a little bit more. And I say that because, like, you know, what are we here for? We have said this, and I said this last week. I mean, since our existence as a church, so this church, We've said we want to be a different church experience from some of the experiences that uh, some of us have had uh, with church. And what I mean by that is truly live as church people to be there for one another. Everything that I mentioned earlier on in like the announcement time or connect time that could easily go in one ear and out the other or over your head or something, not because it's like deep or anything, it's just simple. It's like, oh, let's, let's get through this. or It's being there for one another. 
our children, BBS, the world, the poor. I'm going to make a point about that in a moment. Our members, member care. If the church is to do and be anything, uh, we need to be here for one another. And also for those who are stepping out and graduating uh, and and going off and and celebrating their education and taking steps, so forth, uh, we need to be there for them. Now, you might say, okay, that's good, but you read this passage. I mean, how, how does that apply to that? Uh, well, if you followed me, if, if you listened or if you read, uh, it, to me it really speaks to that about, and I'll use older, often I use wiser to try to be respectful, respectful but today older, and that would include me, us older men shepherding younger men uh, for their benefit, and I would say for our blessing. That's something the church do. Wiser women, okay? <laughs> Be careful there. Shepherding younger women, okay? Uh, for their benefit and for the wiser women's blessing. I mean, this is something, and, and those of us who, uh, y'all here have been on our church staff or on it now, we talk about like uh, a mentoring culture uh, that God facilitates here. And, and sometimes... That can happen best when it's not even planned, but people gather. It doesn't have to be in a formal small group, but just relationships. So what I desire, uh, one of the big things uh, for you graduates, whether you've been like highly involved in this church or whether you've not been involved that much, I want this church, as, as older men talking to the guys, that there would be mentors for you here rooted in this church. Uh, it says it here in Scripture, verse 2, older men are to be self-controlled. Worthy of respect, sensible and sound in faith, love, and endurance. Then women, in the same way, older women are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not slaves to excessive drinking. They are to teach what is good, so that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands and to love their children, to be self-controlled, pure, workers at home, kind, and in submission to their husbands, so that God's word will not be slandered. He goes back to men again. In the same way, encourage the young men to be self-controlled in everything. Make yourself an example of good works with integrity and dignity in your teaching. Uh, You know, for for all of us, but particularly you graduates, you know, the big question that some may pose to you, you know, what are you going to study? What's the next step? What do you want to do with your life? And and I would say this about, and I'm not going to talk a lot about me, but, you know, when I was graduating from both high school and college, I had no interest whatsoever in being a pastor. Uh, sometimes, you know, I have, I mean, sometimes I look back and just see how God works. And, you know, I didn't really start thinking about being a pastor until my late 20s. So be warned. Be careful, okay, as you move forward. But, you know, I would say one of the reasons I became a pastor is really tied to this passage. Because I kept seeing more and more men whom I greatly admired. And when I say admired, I said, I want to be like that man. Like he has it, he, he's, he's got it together. And you know what? They were pastors. They were men whom I admired. And I was fortunate enough to travel and work in a lot of different contexts. And I just, my late, into my late 20s, really about 28, I would say, I was like, yeah, looks like you are calling me to be, to pastor churches. And God used older men as examples uh, in what they said, in how they acted, and just how they went about life. And I'm not saying 
look to me or, or look to anybody else, but I am saying that in the church that God should use people who have some wisdom, who've been through some situations in life, uh, to uh, mentor, be there uh, for those of y'all who are, are beginning uh, to step out into the world. Okay? Now, the Bible here, I would say this too. You know, the Bible is, you, even if you go through this passage, uh, the Bible would, uh, um, there may be things, and this would be to graduates, but also to the church. I believe the Bible is really, and I've heard other pastors uh, use this, it's like a map, like a guideline, like a blueprint. And I know some of you who are more kind of doctrinated into the Bible say, hey, well, it's life. The Bible's like, yes, it's life. Yes, it's God's word. But it's also like a manual, I believe, for the best way to live this earthly life. I really believe that. It's, the, it's a manual uh, for human flourishing. That's an actual quote from a guy named Tim Keller. So I didn't come up with that. A manual for the best human flourishing. And I believe that. Now, that to say, as you growing up, going out, or that you're here, you may not initially agree with everything, okay? And let me say that as pastor, I think, I just want you to be in God's Word and be wrestling with it. Because there was a time, particularly when I graduated from high school, and particularly when I graduated college, that I didn't agree with everything that was in the Bible. And I would definitely say, I don't know if the Bible is God's plan for human flourishing, okay? I'll tell you a quick story. There is a, a young girl, I think I've used this story before, a young girl who uh, is an actress, okay? And she is in New York, and she's kind of like a little sister to me. My, our parents are really close. And she went to Ole Miss, okay? Not, not saying she just went to Ole Miss, okay? And uh, she did the whole kind of like sorority and ASB and all that. And she's like, you know, I'm really not living into who God's called me to be. She said, I really feel called to be an actress, and I want to do things in theater. So she, you know, kind of like many stories are, packed up, loaded up, drove to New York. What's she doing now? She is, is acting on stage, and she's making a living uh, babysitting, okay? You hear that? Okay. But she's so committed to the craft, and, and I say this because I was in New York last year, about a year ago, and parents, good friends, so I was like, you know, I want to, and if you're really interested, like, in her work, I'll tell you her name and everything, but. I, I uh, contacted her. I wanted to check in, see how she was doing. We, uh, I bought her, bought her dinner. We were catching up and stuff. Anyway, she's active in a church there in New York. And here's the point in this. She said, you know, I wrestle with so much in the Bible. And in the context where I live and work, so, you know, you can use your imagination, okay, in the theater, in New York, okay, there are so many diverse opinions. And she said, it's really hard for me Okay? And I really, I had a lot of empathy. It's really hard for me to say, you know, I believe the Bible. And I struggle with, with some of the things in it, but I'm committed. So I'm committed uh, to learning about it. So, in her church, she has an older woman who mentors her and is walking her through Scripture and even portions of the Bible that she might disagree with or wrestle with. I just love that example. It's so real. It's so authentic. Uh, and, you know, there, I think there are many stories like that in many churches about someone who said, you know, I want to, this is how God's gifted me. I want to live into this. I'm going out into the world. And, you know, the world is not Christianized, you know? I mean, the church is we gather together, but we are to scatter into the world. 
And so there are a lot of diverse opinions and thoughts. And here she is that she uses the gathering as a place for mentoring. And I just think that's a great model of what the church uh, should be and how, how we should live into that, helping people walk in faith. So the Bible and the church, but you know, I love here, how do we really be the church? How do we grow in the scripture? Uh, we see that all of the Bible points to Jesus. And we see that all the church should point to Jesus. And here in this passage, he goes, he gives some practical talks about how to live, older men, older women. He goes into uh, good works. But then verse 11 through 14 is really the key. It centers there. The grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. All people. Instructing us to deny godlessness, worldly lusts. To live in sensible, righteous, godly way in the present age. So today, while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. He gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness Cleanse for himself a people, a people, not a lot of individuals, for his possession, eager to go out into the world and do good works. That is the gospel. So it all goes down, it centers in that. Paul writes about younger men, older men, younger women, older women. He even writes about slaves. Don't think I wasn't skipping over that. And slaves there, you know, things, images come to my mind, but he's saying there are different roles in society at that time, okay? And that there were many people who owned slaves and many people who were slaves that were becoming Christians. But what do they do with that working relationship? So he's saying, wherever you are in the working society, and slaves back then were not how we might uh, envision slaves uh, in, our own, in our own history, in our nation's own history. But to be examples there, as they too were becoming Christians. So I want to close today. I want to tie really 14 through, no, 11 through 14 with some, uh, with some lies that the world today, the culture, would say to us. Okay? Particularly you who are going out into the world as, as graduates. Yeah, I'm very excited for you. Uh, I'm very excited for, for all young people. Uh, one reason, because they're young, and I wish I was young again. Uh, but another thing is I'm concerned. I mean, my kids aren't here today. All three of them have the flu, just so you know. And so I don't, those of you sh- shaking my hand, um, you know, go to the bathroom. But for my kids, I, you know, I'm concerned about them going up in the world as a parent. Uh, but yeah, what I see. Um, and, you know, I think there are a lot of lies that we buy into and, and we kind of put our, put our church people life here in a corner, and we really live into these lies. And so whether you're listening to me or not, uh, whether you agree with me or not, here's some things, some lies I think we, and me too, okay, uh, would buy into. uh, And what the Bible, even these just last couple verses might say that. You know, the first one would be a lie, is that career success uh, will be fulfilling for you. No, wait, let me say this wrong way. Uh, career success is most fulfilling because uh, what a lot of us, not just graduates, even us church folks that, that work in church, uh, we would say, you know, if I make it here, if I make it onto this mountain peak, then, then I've got it. That's going to be most fulfilling in life. Uh, and I've learned, and others uh, here 
have learned that career success uh, is certainly not the most fulfilling thing. There, there's a, a great book that's just come out called The Second Mountain. It's nonfiction. It's written by a guy um, who is who's deep faith uh, named David Brooks. And he would say, the second mountain is the mountain after you've reached the pinnacle of career success. And he says the most successful people in his life, usually they'll, they'll hit a peak, they'll reach the top, and they're like, now what? Okay? And sometimes they'll then hit a valley. Some of you might call this a midlife crisis. You know, that's a word you can throw out. But the really successful is they go to a second mountain. And this is very different from the first mountain. This mountain is a success in giving themselves to a people. Now, as a pastor, I would say to a church, to a community, to a neighborhood, to a school, to a student ministry, to students, uh, to serve and really root themselves deeply uh, in a body, in a place, in a community. And that that is a deeper success, regardless of what you do. I would totally uh, agree with that. And I think that often the lie that, uh, that we buy into is, oh yeah, career success, whether it's business or medicine or law or acting uh, or engineering or pastoring, is most fulfilling. Uh, and the gospel uh, would say, you know, it doesn't say anything about com- career success. It actually says live in a sensible righteous and godly way in the present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, it it would say give yourself to a people, to a place, live in a sensible and a righteous way, waiting, and we forget about this, waiting that the Lord will return. Have we forgotten that? Do we really even believe that as church people, that the Lord will return? I do. I will say it's taken years of thinking about the supernatural aspect of Jesus breaking through the sky, and that the Bible says that. So if I say the Bible is the best uh, guide for human flourishing, I believe that's that's going to happen. But that's a lie that that career success will be most fulfilling. Another lie would be that you can make yourself happy. You know, think about, you know, happiness. And, And here's what I mean by that. So if career success is working hard and getting the best resume and putting the best foot forward, here's on the other end, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have fun as much as I can. I'm gonna party. Uh, as often as my life will allow or may my work will allow or I'm just going to party as much as I can. Uh, I'm going to work hard career-wise so I can make myself happy through socializing, partying, trips. Uh, Maybe it's, hey, no offense here, okay. Uh, SEC weekends, you know, football, baseball, trips, concerts. And I lived that way for a while. Uh, And I talk to a lot of people who live that way. You know what they say? It's just over, it's like a drug. And you got to have a bigger high. And you need more and more, and it never uh, fully fulfills you. And it also will not just make you happy. Okay? Now, those are good things. And working hard and career success is a good thing. But they can both become ultimate things. They can become idols. And... If you think that you can make yourself happy, I would say uh, there are people who I have, um, there are people who I've talked to on their deathbed, and some of them have had a lot of awesome experiences in life, and some of them even made a lot of money in life, and had some career success. And at that point, at that juncture, you know, all they really want is their family and maybe their pastor. Uh, and deep uh, relationships around them to talk to them, love them, pray 
with them. Actually, one, and one family member who had a lot of success said, I spent my whole life just searching for the pot of gold. And I was fooled that it's just right here around me. You should, I hope you take stock of that. Okay? Another couple lies uh, would be that life is an independent journey. A lot of you would say, hey, I don't, you know, I don't think that, but that's how we live. Life is about relationships. What we just talked about. Life is about community. Church is about people. It's not an individual journey. Uh, you might think, yeah, I mean, I can just, man, I can, I can do whatever I want as long as I don't hurt anybody. Uh, that's a, well, so you're imposing that belief on me and others? Would that not be hurtful? Uh, you are, all of you, all of us, uh, we, we're deeply connected, more so, I think, than we realize. And that's what the Lord wants us to see in the church, in church people, you graduates. Uh, I believe you need uh, people and mentors. I'm not saying it has to be me or anybody else. Uh, even in this church, I prefer that it would be people in this church, but you need people. We are, we're deeply interconnected. We need uh, one another. Another lie, and this is a big one, the lie that, hey, I can find my own truth. Okay? And I'm very thankful that you're here today and you're here at church, uh, and then we go out in the world, but the culture, the world would say, hey, you can find your own truth. So if, you know, Mr. Pastor Guy says, you know, this Bible is truth, and even you can wrestle some, well, just take bits and pieces, and then maybe take some bits and pieces uh, that you see maybe in art or maybe in other religions, or you can really find your own truth. Let me just say, I used to think that way. I used to live that way. There are others here who have thought that way and live that way. And that's why, frankly, I have a lot of empathy uh, and, and love uh, for folks who do think that way. And I, I don't want to come out and say, you know, I disagree. I just say, like, I know it's a journey, and I know the messages the world is sending. Like, you can find your own truth. Just, just discover it, okay? You know, the Bible, though, you know, what I've come to learn in, in studying and, and reading it and teaching the Bible is that, you know, it was, uh, uh, it, it's definitely, I believe, orchestrated by the Holy Spirit, but, but put together uh, and, and passed down uh, generations of, uh, of wisdom have, have come out of this and, and life, uh, life in Christ. That the truth is, and this, I believe this is truth, that, you know, at our core, we're sinners. We're deeply wounded human beings. We need a Savior. And the Bible, the reason I believe it's truth, it doesn't point that we can save ourselves. It's actually not really a self-help manual. It is a, it is a Savior. It's pointed to a Savior, Jesus. And that's what Paul does here. The glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. He gave himself for us to, verse 14, save us from lawlessness, cleanse us, for himself, a people of his own possession, eager to go out and do good works. The reason I believe in this so much is that for all human beings, you have a Savior. Someone has come down to you. God, your Creator, is also your Savior and loves you and is with you. And the world is trying to block that out and make you not think about that, that God is present and active and working in your life. Your Creator! But that he also died for you. He gave his life for you. And he made you, he's equipped you for, for good works. To go out and, yeah, maybe be an engineer or an actor 
or a doctor or a musician or to go out and live for him. And, and yes, live a flourishing life, which means enjoy life. And that happiness will come, but don't make it an idol. And career success can come and don't make it an idol. But living for him and, and getting out of really the kind of almost the, the bad teaching of like, well, Christianity is like what you do and what you don't do. And Christianity is just, you know, it's just really, you know, don't drink, don't smoke, don't do nicotine. I guess now it's vaping. Or don't vape and don't, uh, don't have premarital sex. And that's really, you know, no, okay? Now, living a holy life for Christ is definitely tied into those things and flourishing. But the point of Christianity is that we all need a Savior, and He's come. And the last thing I would say, the lie, and this is a big one, and it's lived out in church. And hear me on this. Whatever happens to you in life, whatever happens to all of us, the lie is that rich and successful people are a lot more important than poor and less successful people. You say, hey, I would never say that. I would never admit that. That is the way, that is the lie, a lie of the culture. That is a lie that the world pushes on us. And the Bible totally contradicts that. It says all human beings are made in the image of God and worthy of dignity and respect and that God has appeared bringing salvation for all people. That's, you know, the church should be very much a counterculture to that idea. And that idea is out there. Let me say it again. Rich and successful people are more important than poor and less successful people. And the church, church people, should be totally, totally contrary to that. That all people, all people are welcome here, but also all people are worthy of our respect, of dignity, and have been given the opportunity for salvation by a Savior, Jesus Christ. Closing, what would I say? I would say, I would say this. Um, we all will leave today. We'll go out into a world, and there are just a lot of lies that come at us in every kind of way, through news, through media, through our social media devices through, but there's a lot of good out there. God created the world good. This, it is a book too. God's word uh, is, I believe, his plan for human flourishing, for the best way to live in this world. I I would not recommend, um, I would recommend a lot of books, but the most, the book I'd recommend the most would be this book. Like, spend time in it. You're like, well, I don't get it. I don't, you know, a chapter a day, a verse a day. Wrestle with it. Feed yourself with it. Discover it again for the first time. Be part of a community, whether it's here or somewhere else, that teaches the Bible. Be part of a community that helps you wrestle with God's Word, but definitely a place that has a foundation that says, this is the best way, and I'll say it very clearly, the best way for human flourishing, and it does say you cannot save yourself, but a Savior has come, and we worship Him, and He is the God of miracles, and He works and acts in supernatural ways uh, to this day, things we see, things we may not see. And I will say this, He changed my life through that, from a guy who, who definitely lived for himself and for happiness, and when I was graduating college, wanted to live like a hippie, no offense, okay, but you know, and you know the image, you tracking with me, okay? And gluttony to an idol of career success. God's changing all of us as we speak, His Holy Spirit. Uh, the key is to begin seeing that. And I think the church is just to help people see how God's changing you. And that's what we want to do. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, there are, as we move out, there, there are 
there, there are just a lot of lies that, that sin and, and the world is broken. Um, and our enemy, uh, Satan, is uh, very much present in the Bible and very much active to seek and destroy uh, or, or throwing at us. And I just I pray for this people first, this community, uh, that they would see more and more your work in their life, that they would develop uh, stronger, healthier relationships with one another here and out, out of there, out of here. I pray for our graduates, whether it's high school or college, that they would, they would know you in a deeper way. Uh, they would know the gifts that you've given them in a deeper way to flourish, uh, whatever that is. And, and I do believe you've called us all to be missionaries, uh, to go out and to share uh, your love and our faith. And I pray that all of us could do that more and more. But I pray that it's all centered, not only in, in the help for ourselves, uh, which you do give, uh, not only in good works, which we're to do, but centered, as that chapter was, in Christ Jesus, that he is our Savior, that we would know, we'd remind ourselves that we can't save ourselves. Happiness is not going to save ourselves. Uh, exciting, exci- an exciting life won't save ourselves. Life success won't save ourselves. But you've saved us, and we can live in freedom. I pray for these graduates, they would find that freedom in you and not in anything else, because really it's not offered in anything else. Uh, whether we or they realize it or not, it's only offered in you, Jesus. Let us see that more. In your name, amen.